Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, my guest now on the program is the voice of a lot of sporting events around the country. He's been doing it for 20 odd, 23 years and today decided that he would retire from being an event MC, an event commentator. And you would have heard me say this earlier. Events are always going to be the masterpiece. But like any good masterpiece, to enhance them, you need to put them in good light, you need to put them in the right frame. And that is the job of a good commentator and a good MC. Alan Reeves is amongst the very best in the game. He's done running events, triathlon events, swimming events, you name it, you name a sport, he's probably been involved, whether it be at an elite level, at a community level, at a school level. You might not necessarily know his name, but you've probably heard his voice, particularly if you've done some of the big marathons, not just in the Auckland region, not just in the North Island region, but nationally as well. So I thought it only appropriate that we recognise and honour Alan tonight by bringing him onto the programme. Alan Reeves, good evening, welcome. Hi, Mark. How are you? Very well, thank you. You'll be familiar with a lot of songs. You've always got a wonderful playlist that you manage to uh, get out at most sporting events. Songs with names in them. Do you have a favourite? Uh, Ring of Fire. Ring of Johnny Fi- Cash. Johnny Cash. There you go. Okay. Ring, yep. Ring of Fire. Johnny yep. Cash. Now, Alan, twenty-three yep. years in the game. You decided enough is enough. What made you come to that decision? Uh, I think um, I wanted to sort of get out of it when you know I'd um, I'd made my mark and I didn't want to start going down the other side of the hill. And I've also uh, involved in Auckland singles. And also, as you know, DJing, I DJed your wedding with Heidi. And so I thought, yeah, can't do everything. He's, you know, cut out the sporting events and focus on the other two. Now, Alan, you come from a school teaching background. And then about 23 years ago, you decided that you might want to sort of pick a microphone up and you started doing a small event and this business sort of blossomed. What made you sort of switch career paths and decided that sports and being an MC and being a commentator was a preferred career than perhaps school teaching? Well, what I did when I was uh, school teaching at uh, Tuakau College, I started the Pukekohe to Tuakau road race, which became a national event. So that gave me a taste of putting events on. And then uh, that was in the 70s. Through the 80s, I started organising triathlon events. Um, In fact, Cameron Brown was one of the first competitors out at Moraitai. So I had, some of those events were very, very large. Uh, splash, flash and dash I had, um, stride, ride and glide at Ardmore Airport. Um, so I got my taste of um, putting on events. Of course, no traffic management, you know, just, just a couple of people holding a flag on the corner of the road. So that gave me the taste. And then I got into a business, uh, once I resigned from teaching, I got into a business in Pukekohe um, selling fertiliser to market gardeners and then I sold that and from 2000 I thought, what am I going to do now? Let's combine the DJing and the music with sporting events. So started um, buying all the sports equipment and it just grew from there. 
Yeah, Alan, and, and, and when you look back over the 23 years, how many different sports do you think you've sort of commentated or emceed? I would say probably a, a dozen because um, it wasn't just the sporting, but it was also the, all the involvement with the schools. So you take Baradine, you do the swimming, you do their parades, you do Epsom Athletics, Glendowie, all of the, you know, then you start doing college sports and that leads you into a whole range of different sports. So, um, yeah, a large, uh, a large selection of sports. And do you, have a preferred, do you have a preferred sport, a sport that you enjoy, say, perhaps more than others or a, or a particular event that you really look forward to where it's not even about the money? It's like, I just want to be involved in this because it's so cool. Well, because of my uh, sporting background with uh, marathon running and then Ironman, um, my preference is triathlons. So I spend a lot of time. I mean, my greatest sporting achievement was, you know, finishing the Hawaii Ironman in 1988, making the bike cut off by 23 seconds and then finishing two minutes before midnight. So triathlon has always been in my blood. And um, I enjoyed those events the most. Yeah, Hawaii Ironman 1988, one of the few that's been there and done it, Alan. That would have been won by what, Dave Scott in 88, was it? Yes. And I was only there, not by qualifying, obviously, because I was always back of the pack, but because of my commentating at Ironman and with Keith Thorpe and Rick Falding and Paul Gleason, they, uh, they gave me a ticket to get uh, into the race, oh, and I'll always be indebted to them. Yeah, In no, fact, I saw Keith yesterday at the gym, and uh, you know he was 18 years with uh, New Zealand Ironman. Yeah, no, absolute icons in the sport and the evolution of the Ironman in this country. Alan, you you mentioned Cameron Brown, but I'd imagine over the years too, you would have probably seen a young, a lot of young athletes who have gone on to do good things or become recognised in this country. Who are some of the others that y- you can remember? Well, um, you know, in the early, not too long ago, of course, Hayden Wilde was coming up through the ranks. Um, the St. Kent's boys always, uh, Dylan McCulloch and Sam Ward, even though Sam Ward, you know, got uh, got a bad deal at the, at the not going to the Olympics. But seeing all those young ones, um, because you do the school events and then, you know, 20 years later, they're still going in the sport. Um, so, yeah, I did see a lot of people up and comers. And what about outside of triathlon? Because you, you have a bit of an involvement in swimming. You, you do a lot of swimming events as well. And so you've um, yeah been lucky to see the likes of Lewis Clearbird up close and personal. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Lewis has, um, has succeeded very, very well. Um, just, just a whole number of my own... Um, in my own family, um, Liv Peebles, um, Wendy Petrie's daughter is, is doing well. It's it's great to see them uh, coming through through the ranks. And the amount of time that they have to spend uh, in that water, it's it's incredible, isn't it? Really? Yeah. The commitment they, they make. Yeah. Alan, you know, how would you define the role of a, a good event MC? I mean, particularly when you're standing there on the finish line, you've got athletes finishing. I mean, what, what's your sort of mindset? How would you describe your role? Well, um, first of all, I think it comes down to um, preparation. Um, you know, this is, this is the thing. You've got to know 
who the crowd is. It's, it's a bit like being a DJ. You've got to read the crowd. Well, you've got to know who the crowd is in terms of your music. You've got to have a connection with those competitors. You've got to know who the ones who are likely to be at the front of the field and also have a story about those who are at the back of the field. And Garth Barford is a classic case. One of my highlights was um, emceeing his 80th birthday party at the museum. Yeah, now, and now, so you've so, got to know about these people. Yeah, sorry, Alan, for people outside of Auckland, Garth Barfoot is the, one of the principal partners in New Zealand's largest owned family real estate company called Barfoot & Thompson. You'll see them across the Blues, Auckland Rugby, and a very, very successful business, but a wonderful philanthropist, and Garth Galloway, even at 85, 86 years of age, still goes strong, still goes to a number of marathons around the world. Exactly. So it wasn't only his the money he's put into the sport, and uh, you know, obviously not just triathlon, but all sorts of sports, and now um, being taken over by his his daughter Kerry, who's doing a great job as well. But the fact that he is still going at eighty five years of age, it gives hope. It just shows that age is no barrier to doing these sports. Mm. You know, it's just looking after your health. I mean, you've always said health is your wealth, and that's exactly exactly right. So, um, yeah, knowing your competitors, knowing your sport, being confident, um, interviewing at the end, you know, um, it's uh, they are, I think, the key um, qualities of a good commentator. Yeah. Now, Alan, people will be familiar that have ever done the Round Taupo Challenge because that's one of the events that you do and you're very lucky one year to work alongside one of New Zealand's greatest ever cyclists and the great Greg Henderson. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that was that was a highlight. Um I, one of the, one of my highlights was um, actually emptying the prize giving where they had ten thousand you know people uh, because they always um, the Lake Topo Cycle Challenge always had amazing prizes you know really good I mean even even giving away a car uh, you know a few years mm. so um, that that's been a that's been a real highlight. And the event directors and your stuff you've worked with, the likes of Frank Clark, who was a professional triathlete in his days, has been very good in keeping the sport alive here in Auckland. Um, I'd imagine you've worked with some pretty good operators, and I'd imagine too, we don't need to name names, maybe some event organisers um, perhaps not quite as good. And again, they can well, they can present different challenges. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's funny you should mention Frank Clark from first year because um, he has set the benchmark. You know, why he hasn't... Um, organised a national event or been asked to do that. But he is absolutely meticulous. And I was remember um, at the Mount Maunganui uh, half marathon, um, he, I was, he, he actually called me over. He said, Reese, what socks are you wearing? And I wasn't wearing the sponsor's socks. And he said, look, would you mind just going and, and changing them? So, I mean, that is the attention to detail that that guy put in and the crew that he has around him. So they're there the day before setting everything up and then with it, as soon as the prize giving's over, they're all dismantling. And they, they, they do it for a few T-shirts and, and, and that, you know, and some food. It's just an incredible business model that other race directors should follow. Yeah, now Alan you've worked also too on the Wheatbix Kiwi Kids Triathlon which is incredibly popular, it's almost an iconic event It's there's not too many kids in New Zealand who haven't uh, done that 
uh, as part of their youth. Um, but they're an organisation too who, let's say, have some religious connections. And so at times you've had to be a little bit careful in terms of the type of music that you do play. But also as an MC and playing music, you've also, I'd imagine too you've got to get a pretty quick read on the room, the type of athlete that you've got, the demographic, and then what player music that probably fits that demographic. Exactly, yes. Um, you, they were very, very fussy about the music you played. Um, it's nothing explicit at all, obviously. Um, and you no know, setting up until after you know sunset. That was another one. So you you had to set up you know when it was sort of dark. And are they the Mormon Church, Alan? Um, No, aren't they the Seventh Day Adventists? Oh, they might be Seventh Day Adventists. Yeah, I'm certainly not judging I them. I, just, I was just just trying to bring some, just yeah. trying to provide some background in I, terms I, of some of the challenges yes, because, with different organisations. Absolutely. Yes, because I think their Lord their, their Lord's Day is on the Saturday, isn't it? I think. Mm. So, mm. Um, so you had to be careful. But I remember travelling down to Christchurch and um, setting all the gear up there, and it was blustery and really blowing a gale and one of the speakers fell over and uh, hit a girl on the head. Uh, uh, fortunately, she wasn't too badly injured, but boy, from then on, they were really, you know, if it was blowing at all, we needed to put all the speakers on the ground and fair enough too. Yeah. I really stuffed up badly then. Oh, I know, but that's life, isn't it? I mean, no, no genuine intent. We, we, everybody in business at some point's probably <laughs> got a similar story they can tell <laughs> yeah. in, in sort of the context of their own business. You, you mentioned, Alan, when you first yeah. started out just basically having a bit of bunting tape. Um, how much more challenging is it for event directors in terms of what's now required with legislation and getting stuff past council? Uh, I mean, oh, I, I can understand yeah. why a lot of people, it's almost too much work to put an event on these days, isn't it? It's huge. It's huge. You know, the health and safety uh, um, program runs, you know, 20, 30 pages. Um, when we went to, uh, with Frank Clark to Villa Maria, we had to have our, each contractor had to have their own um, health and safety program. And that had to be approved by, by management there. But, you know, traffic management, all the cones, all the, all the programs that, you know, to, it, it's costing thousands and thousands of dollars, and I th I feel sorry for the race directors because we need them to make a profit to stay in business, but it's it's getting very very difficult for them, and that's why a lot of the people like Total Sport and Aaron Carter and people like that are going off road to try and get away from all that traffic management. Yeah, and then people pick up an entry fee and go, oh, I can't believe how expensive it is to do a race. And you go, well, guys, that the event organisers need to make some money out of it, but really you're absorbing yeah. the cost of what really is just a whole lot of red tape. Yeah, exactly. Mm. No, you're quite right. Mm. In fact, I th you know, it's, it's gone too far, really. Mm. Well, Alan, um, all of best with your future endeavours. It's um, an absolute privilege and pleasure um, getting to know you over the years and sometimes standing alongside of you. Sometimes you welcome me home um, and <laughs> we, we sort of live in similar worlds. Um, just before yeah. we do let you go, just tell us a little bit about the singles that you do do because you do sort of uh, do a bit of matchmaking through some of the, some of the um, events that you do run. Yeah, well, unfortunately, uh, relationships break up. So when I uh, line up to DJ a wedding, I know I've got one this Saturday. I know that half of them are going to probably not last. 
And so I come in with Auckland singles if they're over 40 and the relations have broken up. Not everyone wants to date on the internet. Some people want to meet people face to face. So that's when I come in. I have single nights and I have singles parties where people can meet each other. I go Whangarei, Tauranga, Pukekohe, uh, Auckland and North Shore and it's working very well. Alan Reeves, absolute privilege and a pleasure. Congratulations on the last 23 years, mate. You've uh, made a big difference to the event industry in this part of the world and I know there's a lot of people out there that um, will recognise your voice and you have become iconic. Thanks very much, Mark. Alan Reeves there, remarkable man, doing wonderful things at events, bringing that colour, making it more than just a sporting contest, making it an experience. Puts the microphone down after 23 years.